Hi, you're listening to Conversations with Alice. Welcome, everyone. I'm very much looking forward to the conversation today with the wonderful Claire Robinson. Claire Robinson is a leadership coach, facilitator, and speaker, and founder of Clarity and Clarity Coaching. And Clarity, uh, what she works with are people within wellness um, and also people within leadership space who are looking to bring mindfulness and wellness into their organizations. She is trained in wellness coaching, coaching psychology, NLP, and has developed a leadership coaching program that creates a space for leaders to reconnect with who they truly are and serve from this place. And Claire is also conscious about working with businesses and very passionate about bringing thriving cultures, working with management teams and group facilitation with them, working with keynotes, and also facilitating company-wide wellness programs. She loves being outside. She loves swimming and skiing and yoga and also creating tasty whole foods from the kitchen. Uh, Claire is as well a native of England and is now living here in beautiful Australia in Sydney. And I'm really looking forward to chatting with Claire about wellness and what is happening in the corporate workplace currently and why she finds the absolute um, need right now to ensure that wellness is part of the corporate conversation and culture. All right. Well, welcome, Claire. Thank you so much for joining today's conversation with Alice. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm really uh, honored to be talking to you today and hopefully giving you a little insight around uh, the world of wellness in the corporate space. So yes, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. I really find um, what you're doing right now, and it's not probably right now, you've been doing it for many, many years. How long have you been in the wellness, in the coaching space? Um, so it's been over three years now that I've firmly been in the wellness coaching space, but I guess my journey into wellness really started, gosh, over 10 years ago now um, mm-hmm. when I really became curious about my own wellness mm-hmm. due to a, a couple of health issues and a, and a bit of a breakdown in uh, my my wellness. And so I became quite obsessed with, um, as I would call myself, a kind of non-thriver in the workplace, mm-hmm. had very unsustainable working behaviors. Um, it's been a journey back to, you know, thriving myself internally and then um, working with others to really be, bring forth a great sense of wellness um, for their, you know, operating systems and how they show up both in business and, and life. That's fantastic. So um, 13 years ago, you were working in what industry in the, in the corporate world? Where were you? Um, so I've all my whole career been in the advertising services industry. I was working in London mm-hmm. um, when the journey really started. Very, very fast paced, very long hours. Um, it's a pretty dynamic industry and highly competitive, I guess. Um, you know, big companies, big teams, big global um, global organization that I worked for. And I kind of worked as a strategic planner. So I spent a lot of time probably in my head um, mm-hmm. using that kind of knowledge plane and heavy lifting in terms of thinking and, and really creating clear marketing strategies for um, for clients back in London. So I started there and then moved over into Australia at the end of 2006 uh, following um, quite a big period of burnout and actually an enforced period of time away from work. Um, mm. Yeah, so I kind of, um, you know, I, as I say, worked hard, play hard uh, in, in the 20s. Obviously, you can imagine the advertising services mm. industry. Yes. Um, perhaps one of the most challenging kind of environments to find yourself in and, um and yeah, I basically stepped away when I had a really severe um, panic attack and was carted off by paramedics. A real breakdown in my health and had to take a month off work. Yeah, um, yeah so that was really where it all began. Um, yeah. So there would have been warning signs before all of that. What, I, I, I just want to go into this because I, yeah. I'm, I know that your entire mission is to bring wellness into the workplace. You know, th- yeah. th- this doesn't happen to somebody else. And that's often the case when you know, people go into any form of, of coaching. Uh, it's often wanting to, um, to go into areas where I wish this information had been available to me at the time so that yeah. 
so I didn't have to or others around me did not have to go through this. So what were some of the warning signs that you ignored and that other people, you, know, you were probably seeing it around you as well? It's not just you who is, who were go, who is going through all that kind of, um, I can imagine all that stress. Okay, you were probably not the lone, the lone ranger in that regard. Um, what were you seeing at that time period? Were the symptoms around you and yourself that had people stop for a moment, the insanity may have stopped. What, what were you noticing? <laughs> um, you know, with, with hindsight, there were lots of warning signs. Um, I think the biggest thing um, for me is that I'd, uh, well, I, I guess I would equate this, and, and I do a lot of work in this space now around the head, heart, and the gut. And um, if I just work through that in terms of my head for a really long period of time, um, I hadn't been able to kind of control or order my thoughts. Mm -hmm. I hadn't been processing them very well. It had become increasingly diff difficult to focus um, and really get clarity for myself. I was focusing very externally, just barely getting through on kind of client work. Mm -hmm. um, but I myself, if I ever took a step back for that, started to get very jumbled thoughts and, and a real lack of clarity um, on, you know, uh, just even having a good attention span. Mm. Um, and then I think, you know, in, in like a, a kind of heart connection sense, I had started completely withdrawing from everybody around me. Mm. Um, I'd, I'd stopped having conversations with people. You know, I remember very distinctly that people would come over for dinner and I would force questions to, to them so I didn't have to answer anything about what was going on with me because I felt like if I started to unravel or talk about it, it would be this huge tidal wave um, of emotion that I was simply um, had been suppressing for a very long time. And the result of that, um, down at more of a gut kind of soul level, I would call it, is I was, I was so disconnected from who I was. I felt passionless. Mm -hmm. Like I... I often would, um, you know, even go out after work for, for a drink and I would often not be able to relate to anyone in the room and I would, I would kind of leave and just be in tears and going, this is not what life should be about. I was, I was effectively completely numb and that was, um, you know, to my body, to my heart, to my mind, you know, I just I had a very, what I would call a very low level of engagement with life, even mm. though on the surface it appeared I had it all. I was really successful in my career, lots of friends around me, um, you know, I was socializing heavily. I was also, you know, there's a lot of alcohol and, and recreational drugs consumed at this point in my life just to probably feel anything. Mm. So I think that had been going on really, you know, for, for a, a couple of years. And so um, I'd started increasingly to be running in on what I would call um, my adrenals, adrenaline all the time. The only way I could get motivated was through a heightened sense of fear to get me moving. And so if I ever stopped, I would start to feel a sense of complete exhaustion. So I just kept running mm. on that. And, and it started to, um, as I say, my mind was really going and I started to, um, I wasn't eating very well at this point because I was working very long hours and then I'd probably leave the office at nine, 10 and sink a bottle of wine. And mm. uh, I was, I was kind of barely sleeping, you know, all my bodily functions were sort of breaking down. Mm. I, had IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, um, I would get that through the night. Um, and so it was all very stress-based um, responses. Uh, and so there was a lot of physical symptoms that started mm. manifesting. And I felt if I just kept going, mm. it would be okay. But I think I started to realize... Um, I mean, really leading up to D-Day, which they always say these big moments in your life really define um, you wake up. Uh, it, was, yeah. it was the biggest um, challenge and also the biggest gift. Um, I, I think I'd worked, I'd, I'd partied all weekend and then I'd maybe worked on a Monday, sort of eight till midnight. Mm. I'd, I'd not eaten the following morning, gone straight into a client presentation, presented, um, came out and hadn't eaten. And I just started shaking and getting, getting pains down my left arm um, mm. and, and just started catastrophizing. And, uh, and really, I thought I was having a heart attack. So I crumpled myself up into a little ball under my desk in front of about 80 people mm. <laughs> and um, just basically said, if you move me, I'm going to die. And um, yeah, just at that point, really, um, you know, completely sort of my mind kind of broke. I was not able to um, get my head around what mm. was really happening to me. So there were lots of signs um, 
and a lot of isolation. I guess I'd really isolated myself from the world by this point. Mm. No one really knew, um, or I thought no one really knew what was going on. And, but, and did they? Did they know what was going on? Did, were, were, there, were there any people coming to you when you were, before this, this experience? Was there anybody coming to you and asking you, how you doing, Claire, or what's going on for you? Did any, any of, the, of the leaders and the management around you, was anybody aware? No, no one was aware. Um, you know, I had a really great game face, I think, that was taking a lot of energy to hold up. Um, mm. I was wearing a big mask. It was not really authentic to who, who I was. I was very used to putting the smile on. Um, mm. and, and really, I think back then, I mean, we're talking obviously 10 years ago, there was very little understood about sort of poor mental health. Mm. Um, it was highly stigmatized. I certainly felt very, very weak. Um, when this happened, I, I couldn't really for about a month be around people or loud noise. My, mm-hmm. my anything would trip. My nervous system was so, um, you know, destroyed by this point that it was very hard. Any any kind of fearful based stimulus would mm. um, really really affect my mind. And so I, they said, you know, take as long as you want off. Um, and they sent me to an employee assistance um, person who talked to me about stress, but you know, certainly didn't talk about the symptom, you know, the root cause of, of why this might be happening to me. And, and was, I remember a, a much older kind of man, we didn't have, you know, it was very hard to relate to what was really going on. And I felt very isolated. There was one or two people that I spoke to about what had happened because mm. I had a sense a similar thing had happened to them. So I developed um, with one particular person um, who had had a similar experience I, I went sort of walking with him every day to try and process what had um, happened, but there was no advice around seeing a counsellor or a psychotherapist or any kind of mental, certainly not a coach at that point in time, any mm-hmm. kind of mental health support. Or, um, and that's really where my mission sort of started. To, mm-hmm. I felt very isolated. I, I think I went back into work a month later and their way of showing I guess support for me was to say, great, you're back. We'd love you to take on um, a new client. And, you know, you can imagine at that point, I was like, okay, you know, this is if I don't remove myself, really there's a lack of understanding of what's really happened here. And so I I actually resigned on the spot. Mm. Um, And and it has become, I guess, I would say my my life work to stop people, I guess, getting to this point Mm. because I do believe you know, um, you can sort of thrive right where you are, but you've obviously got to really um, come back and connect with yourself to do that. And wow. so, what a yeah. journey! All right, so let, let's get into this because I think this is uh, uh, anyone listening, uh, whether it's it's you listening to the call or or somebody you know, uh, the, the the symptoms of of exhaustion. I mean, we've got generations now that are are working; they're they're burning the burning the wick at both ends as as they say um and it uh you know coming home and there's still more going on and just this never ending so let's talk about this so you um you got yourself well yes let's talk about let's talk about what let's fast track let's go forward to Mm -hmm. recently and and now you're in the workplaces are you able to see very quickly are you able to diagnose very quickly when you can Mm -hmm. see burnout right in front of you Yes, and I, I think, um, yes, absolutely. Um, I think it's different generationally, though. Mm. Um, you know, I really see with my generation, I guess the Gen Xs and, and the baby boomers, um, very quickly, the minute I mention kind of stress and burnout and exhaustion, um, they are just like, yes, and I feel, and their shoulders drop. Yes. You know, like they've been actively holding it, and it's like the minute we open up a conversation, you see what they're holding and you see the mask that they're holding. Um, And that's simply due to years of very unsustainable behavior in the workplace, feeling like they can't show up as themselves. Mm. And the environment, if you like, has really battered them around. Whether that's male, female, there's no difference, I would Mm. say. Um, It's more how they felt they've had to lead um, based on the environment and the conditions around them. Whereas I would say with... um, Millennials and I guess the Gen Yers, there's probably not been a huge toll yet on their this, you know, their behaviours um, being unsustainable. They're still kind of striving, um, mm-hmm. but the biggest thing is they don't necessarily 
I guess, feel a sense of real connection to themselves mm. and, and kind of connection to company often. Like they're really looking for this sort of deeper sense of meaning perhaps earlier on than, than my generation and, mm. and the generation above. Um, so it's quite different. Um, mm. But yeah, absolutely. The symptoms are completely common with people that have probably been in the workforce 10, 15, 20 plus years where mm. they've been showing up in a certain way um, and they've got behaviors that are perhaps, um, you know, very high. They set very high expectations on themselves and, um, and they're holding, you know, they're really, it's taking a lot of energy to show up every day and they're, um, they're not re-energizing themselves. So that energy balance, I would say, is quite, quite um, out. <laughs> okay, yes, yes, yes. So, so let's talk about the energy balance. And what, 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 would you die, what would you say is energy balance when someone has that? What, is, what would it be the, what would be the um, yeah, what's the outcome of that? What does one need to do to have energy balance? I think um, you've got to have a really good sense of being in your body and actually reading your energy level on a day-to-day basis. I mean, I talked about some of the symptoms that I experienced through extreme um, stress. And really it was that I was in my mind constantly and not able to really physically be in my body and get a read or a measure of whether I felt really energetic and lively or whether I felt pretty exhausted or fatigued. And so the first step really is to have people come into their bodies and and this is often done just through simple mindfulness based techniques um, for them to really scan their whole body and get a sense for um, their energy level as a starting point and start to be able to scale that, you know, start to be able to go, okay, today I feel like a seven, I'm pretty energized or today I feel really I'm down at a two, three or four and I'm, I'm really exhausted. So the first step is often just to get people into their bodies and aware of their own, kind of energy levels and then um really this first phase whenever I work with anyone is all about awareness and self-awareness and noticing so Mm. once you're back in your body you can start to feel where your energy can be charged Mm. and where it's depleted and often charging up means you're focusing on doing things that energize you so that you're passionate about or you get a sense of purpose or connecting with certain people that really give you good positive energy Mm. um and you know for me the other things that gave me good positive energy were really um kind of yoga or being out walking in nature Mm -hmm. um eating really well so um you know eating whole foods that ultimately kind of nourish me as opposed to quick fix foods and Mm -hmm. uh, and then the things that I started to really know the things that might really take a lot of energy from me uh you know if I was getting really stressed about a presentation or worrying about something in a work sense that would take quite a lot of energy from me. Um, the other things might be being around people that <laughs> those kind of energy drainers that feel like they're taking a heavy toll and you're giving a lot and not getting in return. And so it's just a case of starting to notice. I mean, well-being is really multifaceted and it's different for everybody. So it's just starting to be in your body and really get a sense of your own energy and, and when you feel things are really energizing you or depleting you and then starting to try and get this balance and this internal feeling of how you want to feel every day, both in a life sense and a work sense and, mm. and actually making a commitment to noticing that energy level and yeah. starting to get a better sense of internal balance where you're really thriving. So mm. I guess in, as you would know, Alice, it's always about setting outcome of how you want to, um, not just what you see around you and the things you want to achieve, but internally how you want it to feel yes. every day. And, and I guess having come from a place where I felt really nothing yeah. <laughs> apart from extreme fatigue and exhaustion, yes. to be able to set an intent and an outcome that I want to feel um, really energized and in my body and and present and able to really connect with myself and others every day that that's really a commitment about having a great sense of um well-being and feeling like i i'm thriving and giving giving that energy to myself but also giving that energy to others in a really sustainable way that's fantastic i think um i think you're probably speaking to many people on on the on the conversation today so thank you i just i I wanted to to take them then this 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 awareness that you have the awareness of the body Mm -hmm. and we uh we're aware right now in the world that you know um health 
you know, particularly obesity, stagnation of, uh, you know, that they say sitting is killing us, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. our spine is inflexible, um, you know, because we're sitting all, all day, the food sources we're getting, um, you know, people believe that uh, um, a liquid, uh, a fluid is Coca-Cola or Diet Coke, and they're drinking their, their fluid in the day, uh, <laughs> um, you know, or uh, mass consumptions of caffeine, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, Let's just let's talk. Firstly, let's say that someone who's listening uh, can't remember a time they actually felt energized in a very long time, and, and it's mm. become so disconnected. It's become such a disconnection or a, a disassociation. From, mm. well, I can't remember the last time I really felt energy. I'm, they're so used to feeling maybe tired, lethargic, um, exhausted mm-hmm. that they don't know what health feels like anymore. Yes, don't know what it feels like anymore. What is something if we could? give just a few, I didn't want to say three things, but if, if someone's going to start their day yes, on the beginning of wellness, because I believe that, you know, one of the things, you know, we believe very strongly is that things are on consistency. Keep yes. it consistent rather than the roller coaster of up and down yo-yo. Yeah. Real basic, simple things that someone could do right now when they're going to work that they would already start to become aware of their health and well-being. What is something that someone could start to do right now we wake up in the morning, what will be some of the things that could start doing right away? Yeah, and you raise such a um, great point, Alice, about consistency and, and really any change, I believe, is quite incremental. Mm. Um, it's not about big leaps or wholesale life, lifestyle changes in an instant. Mm. Um, the, the first thing always, um, and you mentioned sitting, and we do mm-hmm. sit in a car or in our office all day, is just to move as you get up first thing in the morning. And, and that can be as little as a 10-minute walk, mm-hmm. um, just to actually get the blood pumping around your body. Um, mm-hmm. That would be absolutely the first thing. Um, so even parking the car further away rather than close to the front door of the building, parking the car further away. I, I have to, I have to mm-hmm. laugh. You know, obviously, I'm originally from the United States, and I laugh when we, we go to shopping malls, right? And the shopping malls are so big. I know people who go into the shopping mall, park their car, and they have to go to the other part, go back to their car, and they move the car to go to the other end of the shopping mall. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so true. Yeah, so, um, and there are even like walking, walking groups that get in the shopping malls and do their walks in the morning because the shopping malls are so big. I guess what I want to say is, what could, what could someone do who, um, just to start their day off, say, hey, I don't have 10 minutes to walk, I don't have 45 minutes to walk, I don't have that time, I don't have that luxury, I'm already up at 5 o'clock or 4.30 or five, 6 o'clock in the morning. Yes. So let's just talk about something that someone could do right away. You know, park the car further away. I, I was just get a, a, a car parked far away on the, fourth, on, the, on the sixth floor and walk the stairs, you know. Let's start. Yes. Uh, Very simple thing, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And, and it is as simple as, um, you know, yes, maybe parking a little mm-hmm. bit further away or looking at your um, morning commute and maybe mm-hmm. getting off the bus two stops earlier. Yes. Um, you know, absolutely taking yes. the opportunity to take the stairs if you, if you have that. I mean, the main thing is that you are just doing a little bit every day and feeling like you're moving. Um, and the other thing would just be to do some very simple stretches as well, as much as, you know, placing your arms up in the air and, and stretching the whole way out the length of your body and going up onto your tiptoes if, if you can, just really energizing everything through your whole body. Mm. Um, and, you know, uh, the other thing to do if you've stretched up in the air is then to do um, a forward fold so the blood will rush down to your head. I mean, you just definitely want to make sure that your legs are nice and bent when you do that and you have a sense of pulling in your, your core or your tummy um, mm. to just protect your lower back. Mm. You want to be able to just, even if you're just forward folding and, and your hands only go as far as your knees or your mm. um your shins that's Mm -hmm. that's totally fine you just want a sense that you've you've done a full body stretch to get the blood just flowing because you know we sleep overnight and we can get really stagnant Mm. um so that would be the first thing i would say just to to find a way to put some some movement into your routine in the morning yes um and as little as 10 minutes is is totally fine as long as you make a kind of commitment to to do that every day what about Um, nutrition first thing in the morning yeah so i'm a big believer in alkalizing first thing in the morning i guess we if we eat heavy foods lots of red well red meats 
um, any processed food the night before, then um, our bodies will be doing the hard yards, breaking that down, and there'll be a lot of acid in our bodies to do that. And what does that do to the body? For people who don't understand um, acidic versus alkaline, what's the difference uh, so that people understand the differences? What's the importance of the body? Yeah, so we're looking for a really good um, pH balance level. Um, And so ultimately, you know, you're looking to kind of, um, once we've got a good pH in the body, then all of our organs will be functioning really well. Um, If the body's slightly acidic then um you know we've got we've got an alteration in our ph level and the body will be more heavily focusing on um you know break the breaking down of foods Mm -hmm. and energy will get diverted there versus Mm -hmm. you know healthy uh blood flow or other bodily functions um I certainly, yeah, I mean, I won't go into all the detail, but effectively alkalizing first thing in the morning, just recognizing that whilst you sleep, that's when our bodies are really breaking um, foods down. And so there's a lot of lactic acid um, released. But So what's an an alkalized, okay, so let's start with an alkalized nutrition. What would you do first thing or in the the first couple of hours in the morning that keeps the alkaline? Yeah, so the first thing I would do, and even if you you love a coffee in the morning, that's that's totally fine. I would I would just do this before you have um, a coffee. So um, you could either just have a glass of um, hot water with some lemon squeezed in it, which will just kickstart your metabolism um, to effectively start naturally producing, um, you know, combating the acidity in your body. Or I love to have. Um, greens in the morning which are naturally more um alkalized in their their ph levels so you're eating broccoli in the morning what are you having what do you mean by green yeah so i will have let's get um, it break it down a bit for us yeah (laughs) i will have um i'll juice in the morning Mm -hmm. um so you can so in the mornings i tend to just have a juice which would be very very simple like a spinach um cucumber um and I'll put a bit of lemon in there as well and then maybe just half an apple to sweeten up. If, mm-hmm. um, but you can use broccoli, you can use zucchini, you can use kale. Um, kale can tend to be quite, if you've not blanched it um, with hot water, can be quite hard on your system. So um, I tend to use like an English spinach is really, really good. Um, or I, um, you know, may have, um, protein and some eggs and I'll just have that on a bed of spinach or, um, like sauteed greens. So broccoli or zucchini, or mm-hmm. it doesn't really, you're just aiming for very simplistically the green vegetable groups. Um, so we're not looking for bowls of cereal. Is this what we're saying? Yeah. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of cereal, I guess. Um, and nuts also, they take, they take, look, it's more heavy lifting for your body to break break them down and also a lot of the sort of mueslis or cereals have very high sugar um content Mm. so again your body doesn't always because it's a lot of them have processed sugar your body doesn't always know what to do with that so it will store it potentially as as fat and not process it or it'll take it will be very hard for um it's break your body for your body to actually break it down and so if you're you're sticking on whole foods Mm -hmm. foods nature intended you know just simply cooked poached or blanched or then your body can really easily assimilate them and break them down Um, Mm. and that's what we're really looking for a very quick um sort of alkalized foods lots of fiber so that you can be regular so that your system i mean the main thing about being regular shall we say is is that you're able to really um process the nutrients from your food it says your gut um is working well i mean the main thing any challenge with stress will impact the gut first. Um, And basically what happens is the microvilli in the gut will pull apart, um, which ultimately means that there's a lot of food that goes into your system, not fully broken down and it can cause a lot of inflammation. And it means that a lot of the nutrients aren't actually getting out of your food. Mm. So the main thing is um, if you have been quite unwell and your health is not great is to really focus on your gut health first Mm. and and that way get that healthy so you can actually start breaking the nutrients down because a lot of people switch to organic foods or take supplements when actually their gut isn't able to assimilate (laughs) the the nutrients. So starting Mm. with a like probiotic or something to get your gut flora and fauna healthy first is always the best way. Um, 
to kind of to start. So probably taking a step back from alkalizing, mm. um, you know, another key thing you, you sort of said three things, but um, probably <laughs> taking a step back from alkalizing is if you're really noticing that your stomach rumbles a lot or you're quite gassy or you get stomach pains when you eat certain foods, then that's probably a sign that your gut flora and fauna is is a bit off balance and again probably the ph in your gut is is mm. not great so the first step would actually be to be looking at a good probiotic yes. to start getting your gut healthy um, mm. and then you can really assimilate all the amazing nutrients from the food <laughs> so mm. so yeah there's probably some some basics um you know depending on where you sort of find yourself i mean mm. obviously be aware that um coffee is is highly acidic so mm. having a coffee first thing in the morning without any way of kick-starting your metabolism or um alkalizing more so will just further take the acidity in your body up mm. um, which just means you get really highly de dehydrated your cells are not full of lovely <laughs> hydration and water yes so um you know you'll often have this feeling that you you feel a sense of dehydration through mm. the day and your body can feel quite lethargic and mm. and you know not beautifully um hydrated and so, so 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 for those people who don't remember what hydration feels like okay because mm. I, I again i just i just want to get into i know that you work a lot in the corporate you you that is wellness programs in the corporate uh world and um what would be the signs of someone when they are hydrated what would you notice? What would they be noticing when they are hydrated versus dehydrated? Yeah, I mean, they, you would see it in their skin. A really easy test um, to do yourself is just pinching the back of your hand. Mm -hmm. And if your skin goes back down very quickly, then you're well hydrated. If it stays up in a little mound, <laughs> then you're really dehydrated, basically. Okay, I'm um, doing it right now. Okay, they're going yeah. back down. I'm relieved. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, good. So that's a really simple way, you know, as a general rule, mm. um, I don't have the calculation in front of me, but um, you can calculate how much water you should um, ingest in a day based on your body size and shape. Yes. Um, I mean, roughly, I know that um, I'm about 55 kgs and um, I, I'm looking for about 1.8 liters of water at a minimum a day. So that's mm -hmm. probably about eight, nine glasses of water. Yeah. Um, so and, and people say, but I can't drink that much. I'll have to go to the toilet all the time. Okay, so let's talk about that because people who are dehydrated, that'll be the yeah. number one. So, so let's talk. Do you go to the toilet all the time? Will yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, some people do, some people don't. It just really depends on your system. But if you're retaining, um, you know, the, the reason I might go to the toilet all the time is I'm not retaining water as well in my cells. And yeah. so I'll want to put some, again, be drinking alkalized water or some, some Himalayan salts in, in the water. So it really helps my cells um, kind of retain that water versus, you know, just uh, excreting it all the time. So, so get clear, hold on, you put Himalayan salt. So I have to say, I love our world today. We, we talk Himalayan salt. People go, oh, I know what that is versus... Himalayan salt. So the pink salt, we take it out of the, the grinder, we put it in the grinder and we, we what? Yeah, just do a cup, just like two or three grinds of salt oh. and, and a teaspoon and stir that up because, again, that's really alkaline, uh, puts minerals, the alkaline minerals back into your water. I mean, we oh. exist today in, especially out of the tap, heavily altered water sources, chlorinated water sources to clean the water and, and filtered water is probably the biggest misnomer within an office offices when water is filtered yes. um, out of the filter tap, then ultimately all of the minerals have been removed. So we just put a bit of, mm. you could use a rock salt. You could, we're looking for just a salt in its purest form. So yes. just no processed salt yes. in there, but, a, but a salt that's still got a very high mineral base, which is again, the, the alkalized um, will, will create this alkalized effect. Mm. to combat the acidity um, of the foods that we eat. And so, I mean, I do have a, a, a alkalized water and mm. I'm here at home because mm. I find then your, your cells really retain the water as opposed to um, just it going straight through you, as I say. And really what you're looking for, if we're really going to this level of detail, is well, it, it's, it's very it's, clear, it's, um, yeah. basically. Is what? Uh, 
very, very clear pee, basically, you're looking yeah. for. We'd say you're really hydrated. So yeah. anything that's kind of yellowy mm. or dark yellow, you'll often see when you first get up in the morning, maybe it's quite uh, dark yellow. Um, yeah. Yeah. That would, that's, that's basically you've got pretty dehydrated overnight whilst trying to break down all your foods if you had a heavy dinner or, yes. or whatever, that your liver's really working over time yes. <laughs> to break everything down. Well, I, you know, I think, you know, we're, we're not going to sit here and talk about, you know, all the bodily uh, <laughs> uh, movements, but, the, but, but I think one of the things to say, though, is that people are very disconnected from this is, this, this is telling you what's gone in and how it's come back out. So, yes. uh, and, and it's telling you how your body's working uh, or not working well, how it's, how it's breaking it down. Yes. So it, I think it's an important conversation. We won't, we won't do it here on the call anymore, but I just so, so that people do know that all this does matter. Your body's telling you consistently how well or unwell you are. Very consistent signs. And the biggest thing, I guess, coming back to this sense of stress or um, ill health is that, you know, um, often, and it is definitely the gut that will go first, often mm. if you're running on your stress hormones, then effectively all the blood is rushing to your extremities to get you ready to fight, flight or freeze. And it runs out of your vital organs, which mm. means ultimately they can't process Right. way that is meaning you're actually assimilating the foods that you take in or retaining the water that you're taking in everything basically um shuts down effectively so yes. this is why you know running on some stress hormone is great because it can get you moving and, and motivated but staying there will mean it'll start to you know your body goes into self-preservation mode and and shuts down um you know will retain your um, obviously your heart and your lungs, but yeah. everything else will, um, you know, take a back seat effectively. So um, we're talking about adrenal fatigue, adrenal fatigue, uh, which is, you know, it's killing people literally. So let, yes. let us, let's, okay. So where are the adrenals located? So for people who don't know the anatomy, adrenals are located. Yes. Adrenals are located. It's a great question. Um, <laughs> So, I mean, the main thing is that adrenals are located. Uh, that's a great question, Alex. I'm <laughs> having a blank on adrenals. That's all right. I, 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 <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, you're, uh, I mean, they're, they're gland based. Yeah. So I'm just, uh, you know, I, I, would, I would love to be saying your neck, but ultimately, I'm not 100% sure. I can't visualize their picture of the anatomy at the moment. That's I mean, all right. That's right. No, they're just, I, I, they're just above the kidneys is where they're located. So yes, they're, they're just right. above the kidneys. And that's one, one of the, you know, if you look at, you know, the, the body, that's all right. I didn't mean to put it. It's just important to, to understand that, but, uh, that because they're above the kidneys, the kidneys is our, is our purifier. Yes. You know, yeah. our purifier. And so it's all the lower part of the body and, you know, the cortisol production and adrenaline and all those things. It's what it's, it's doing, but you know, the, the adrenals are producing are releasing a lot of that, those hormones. So um, mm. that becomes the real problem is that we do have a lot of the stresses, adrenal fatigue. And this is where I, I want to talk about, you know, your programs that you're going into companies, you're really combating adrenal fatigue. Stress is adrenal fatigue. Um, you are experiencing adrenal fatigue. Yes, I mean, um, a, a kind of big picture contextual level, yes. we just thought quite simply about, um, you know, if you've been running on those stress hormones for any more than two weeks, you're probably going to be, you know, quite consistently, you're going to be coming to a point of distress where things start to break down. And, yes. and I guess for us, it's... Um, you know, like there is a healthy amount of kind of fear there from a motivation and we, we give a bit of, you know, biology, anatomy, but the main thing really is um, this experiential experience of getting back into your body to get a sense of how your body is actually functioning. Yes. Um, yes. Because obviously it's highly intuitive. <laughs> yes. And we really do know when we pause to stop, that we've perhaps been running our system in a way that isn't, um, you know, isn't energizing in its simplest form. And so, um, so yeah, I guess the way that we, with the broader wellness programs, they're, they're really sort of pitched at a level that's about basically coming back into your body and being aware of your body and the sensations in your body again. Mm. And there's, mm. and, I said, and let's stay with this. So, because, so you, you go into companies, you work with their leaders, you work with their teams mm. as a result of them becoming aware of this, of, of their bodies, of yeah. becoming aware of their mind, becoming aware of, of the three brains, so your mind, your heart, and your gut. What results are you finding happening 
in companies because they do bring wellness, the wellness conversation, they bring wellness coaching into companies. What are some of the results you're seeing? I mean, the way that we tend to work is essentially with a leader first, so a top-down kind of effect where they just become aware again of how they're actually operating and the impact on um, both their own system and the people around them as a result of feeling like they're constantly, um, really often people are just constantly in their head. They're not, um, they're feeling like they're quite uh, sort of external. So they're feeling like, often the sense of being battered around a bit in a washing machine and trying to hold everything together. Um, mm-hmm. Again, that's a very mental um, kind of function. Mm-hmm. Feeling like they're actually even breathing well in a day and in their bodies and really using, I guess, um, when we talk whole brain, they're really using their kind of heart, all of the beautiful neurons that are also in your heart, which makes it a brain to kind of connect in a non-verbal way. Mm-hmm. Um, and the biggest challenge really is, as leaders is they've stopped trusting themselves. So because they're in their heads a lot, they're maybe not processing all of the emotion in their hearts. And so they're certainly not down um, in their gut really in terms of making trusting mm-hmm instinctual um decisions so they're obviously well often they're just making decisions that are out of alignment with what they truly believe uh, at instinctual level and that takes quite a heavy toll Mm -hmm. um, on them physically emotionally and and kind of mentally so the first step would even be to make them aware that this dynamic is happening often they'll come and they'll say Ah, you know, they'll be talking a lot about people and things and obstacles in their way and challenges that they have. It's all very, very external. So the first step is always to kind of break it down and have them come back into their bodies and start realizing that they actually are in control of whatever they need to be in control of. Mm. So it's this sense that we build back a really um, lovely internal sense of confidence. And, you know, maybe sometimes this is called self-esteem or grounding or, or whatever that becomes to you, but very much a sense that we're back trusting ourselves to make the decisions that we would, we believe need to be made versus asking questions of other ex- others externally about the decisions we need to make. So, it's often, um, you know, as simple as slowing it down, doing some breath mm. work with them, getting them back into their bodies and just noticing again what's really going on in their system. So once they start to have this full body experience again, mm. it's like a light bulb um, goes off because they have had this feeling before about all of the stresses and the pressure and everything that they have kind of mentally put upon themselves is, is sort of taken over. And then you come and, and so are you, are you working primarily in wellness or are you also working in with a bit of strategy and then and, and with, as a coach, are you coming in yeah. pure in talking about health and wellness or are you, are you focusing on something else as well? No, I mean, it's, it's absolutely leadership coaching. Um, you know, initially people will come to me cause they're presenting with a symptom of stress. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether that's weight or I'm very stressed mind or, you know, so it will be a physical, a physical symptom that they come um, to me with, Uh, you know, so, I mean, it's this age old thing where um, you're pacing, right? So you're giving them what they think they want, but what they actually need is to be fully reconnected with their body and their system. So Mm -hmm. I guess that's the only reason we put a kind of wellness or health lens. I mean, in its simplest Mm -hmm. form, it's all about putting yourself first and, and filling your own cup up. Yes, that you can better serve others. And so even just coming back to that, lots of leaders are particularly exhausted because they feel like they're giving as a leader, as a mother or a father, as a husband or a wife, um, Mm. you know, every other sense. But, you know, it's it's always yourself, I guess, that comes last. Yes. And actually, it's about reversing that and reframing in in their mind's eye that if they really look after themselves first, then they have more to give and it's more sustainable versus getting completely exhausted and fatigued and unable to function. I mean, that's really what what can happen when you've got severe, um, you know, burnout or fatigue happening. So all weight or whatever that might be when you've got an extreme symptom, uh, it's just a sign of imbalance. Yes. In, yes. Your, in your system. So at a leadership level, it's, it's probably more complex because not only are we, 
because uh, we're really asking them to access um, the thought of, of all of their brains and come into their bodies. And then obviously we're working a lot with NLP there around looking at their existing strategies for creating outcomes. Have they been unsustainable and taken a big toll on their health? Often they have and relationships and everything else. So we're dealing with everything mm-hmm. and we're really getting them to start at a place where how do they want to lead in a sustainable way in both life and business and what is that outcome to them? And, um, you know, we're not just accessing that on a mental plane. We're really thinking about how do, how do they want to feel in their body about showing up every day and serving others? So it's really this mindset shift to, in a leadership sense, once you can serve and look after yourself, you can serve others. So again, it's more of an inside out approach to leadership. I love it. And I think, you know, it's a, it's, it's something, you know, rather than having this separate to um, their day to day, it becomes the majority of people spending, you know, eight, eight to 12 hours a day at work. Yes. To be able to bring this into their workplace, to bring this into the education to their people as well. Mm-hmm. Rather than say they have to do externally on the weekend or in the evenings to do an extra, you know, I want to say an extra course or class or read some books. To bring yeah. this into the coaching, executive coaching with wellness space, I think mm-hmm. it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, I think we'll have a rise of more wellness uh, leadership coaches, I'm hoping, because uh, it's, it's, yeah, it, it makes sense from a holistic point of view. You've got all the background as a leadership and executive coach, but to bring the wellness into it as well. Fantastic, and I think that's the key, Alice. It's it's really being holistic, and and so then at a company wide level, once the leaders are kind of tuned into how different they feel when they take that, when they look after themselves, then really they they want to encourage. You know, wherever you are at um, as an employee, often there's less big red flag or symptoms happening, but just starting to take responsibility for how you are feeling every day. versus externally, you know, blaming too many hours or work or the office mm. space. I know myself, I often left jobs when I got really stressed and burnt out, seeking mm. something else. And mm. next time it would be different. But what we really do is, you know, encourage people to start through education and awareness first and experiences of yes. you know, mindfulness or mindful eating or yoga or meditation you know we have them start experiencing their system through these mindfulness-based practices and they start to experience the state change and they start to understand okay I'd really like to feel this every day I'd really like to take responsibility for feeling good every day and and seeing the impact um, then on the people around me and on my clients and how much more effortless and easeful it is to be in work because Mm. you point out we spend so many hours um at work a day why choose to just survive (laughs) which a lot of people use that language i'm just surviving versus actually the outcome we're really working with businesses on is having the leaders and everyone in the business really thriving and coming from that place every day. Um, Marvelous. I love, I love your, your mission. I love your passion, your expertise. You, you, you've, you've gone, you've been on the other end, you know, if, if you had done your wish list, if this had been existing when you years ago, before yes. even had begun. Um, yeah. I, I applaud you immensely for your vision. Um, Thank you. It's marvelous. I, I know that, uh, you know, at Clarity, your business, you know, you do strategic group coaching, you do wellness strategy, you focus on wellness programs as well as leadership coaching. If someone wants to get um, uh, connected with you, Claire, uh, with you and your team, I know you've got a great team around you as well who, you know, you've got, you've got, um, you've got nutritionists, you've got some fantastic coaches working with you as well. Um, you know, you're, you're really you're on that on the outer rim of what else can what else can be done within companies you know rather rather than only executive coaching which is fantastic you're bringing in the wellness element which is a much needed much needed um yeah um when i say resource um a holistic way of of being at work uh, so let, let let's 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 have people get hold of you if they're going to get hold of you where do they find you claire yeah, so the um, first port of call is is the website. Mm-hmm. So our website is www.clarityinc.com and Clarity is actually spelt with a play on mm-hmm. original name. So it's C-L-A-R-E-T-Y-I-N-C.com. 
Mm. And on there, yes, you can absolutely just connect. There's a um, there's a opportunity to just book a call um, or connect via email with us. Um, you can also you can have a look in the, our team there. So there's a whole range of different specialists and practitioners that we endorse um and you can also just go and connect with me at linkedin so again claire spelt without an i c-l-a-r-e robinson and so just yeah i would love for you to connect with me um on linkedin or via um the socials so um instagram and facebook we're, we're on there with the same um with the same spelling so clarity inc um yeah and so yes and anyone is also welcome to email me at claire claire without an i c l a r e at clarityinc.com so um yeah absolutely people are so welcome to connect and um whether you're an existing leader that's really presenting with um you know some symptoms of stress uh, you know love to talk to you about that um, or whether you're a HR kind of people lead professional that's really looking to bring um, a sense of wellness and create, uh, plug this into your cultural plan to create a more thriving culture or equally if you're responsible for creating inspirational conferences or events, we plug in um, a sense of wellness to re-energize rooms mm. um, to those environments as well. So, so not only do we do sort of deeper one-on-one coaching work to group management team work where we get we get all the leaders in your business very clear on vision and values and a mm-hmm. sense of sustainable way of operating within business we also do kind of keynotes and lighter wellness-based experiences just to start the conversation and give people a flavor for mm-hmm. the change in state the power of um, yes. wellness or mindfulness to create more focus and clarity um, and happiness and health in the workplace that's absolutely fantastic fantastic well thank you so much for your um really engaging in your mission your vision and uh, i know that people will find you and your team claire and get wellness into their organizations thank you so much for the time and being part of a conversation with alice thank you so much and i'm phil again big thank you for having me today and um yeah really appreciate you taking the time to to have a chat it's certainly very dear to my heart that uh you know we're kind of on a mission you know we do definitely believe that business can be a force for good in people's lives and yes. and we're really uh, passionate help, about helping businesses create thriving workplace cultures so yeah love to hear from anyone if this this feels like it's right for you and your business thank you so much Claire. bye bye everybody Cheers, Alice. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us. And if you'd like to hear more conversations with Alice, head over to alicehemily.com. If there's something you'd like me to have a conversation about, then click the Ask Alice a Question button and let me know.